All right. Whew, get in the zone. Get in the zone. Auto zone. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. <laughs> and with that, we're going to start this. Hello, Internet. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Thinking Podcast. Today's a special one because I have my good buddy, good pal, sexual partner, second husband. Sexual deviant. Yes. Uh, my good buddy, Grevin. Hi, Grevin. Hey, Briar. Grevin, I had an idea to bring you on. One, because you've been supporting me through all of my endeavors throughout the years. Uh, I've had you on a couple podcasts, and you seem to enjoy them. You started listening to them. Yep. Uh, and you were like, hey, do me. <laughs> Little Literally. did you know, <laughs> I wasn't talking about a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then I was like, okay, Grevin, gladly. And so I got to thinking, okay, what makes Grevin special to me? Why should I bring him on? And my first thought was nothing. I shouldn't bring him on. <laughs> Put it down all silently and then slid it. <laughs> um, my second thought was, you know what? No, there's more to Grevin that meets the eye. Uh, a lot more. And so this topic today is success. So I'm going to open up the discussion first, Grevin, to what do you consider success? Like what's your definition My of definition success? My definition of success? I would say the main thing that would make me feel successful, and I think this would ring true to a lot of people, a lot of people I feel think success means you have a good job and you work hard for your family. I think success would be more, I've done my dues. I don't consider myself successful until I can relax. If I can live comfortably and relax, I'm successful. And see, that's a good outlook on Outlook. Outlook. Outlook on it. That's a good outlook. <clears throat> um, but no, I, I don't disagree. I think a lot of people would agree um, that some people monetize success with money and right yeah they think that they have to have everything to live comfortably i i mean i grew up living paycheck to paycheck with my parents not knowing what we were going to do so and that's that's another thing that uh brought this to brought this idea to my head and i asked you beforehand if it was okay that we talk about it but um i consider you pretty successful grevin i mean knowing your backstory knowing where you grew up which I'm going to let you get into a little bit. Um, you've come a long way. and Some would say light years. Light years. Yes, I've <laughs> spoke to several of your teachers, and <laughs> they would agree, light years. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give you a chance to just kind of ex- tell your story. Like, start, I mean, you already started with your whole paycheck to paycheck, which I think a lot of us, honestly. Oh, that's majority of America lives right. paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. So my story is not necessarily different than other people in the start. My biggest thing is, okay, so the, I will say like the textbook definition of success is grow up, get a degree, have a family, get a good paying job and buy things. Retire and die. Right. I mean, that's really like black and and white. (laughs) The textbook. American dream. Right. Yes. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something I want to get into later. But um, that 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that really didn't happen for you. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm going to let you dive into that a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, that doesn't... The American Dream was something that was definitely not on my radar or even in an, anywhere in my consciousness of being able to accomplish. Because whenever I was in high school, for instance, like even this started way back in middle school. I mean, when I was nine, my whole mindset of everything was just so, I was questioning everything, like absolutely everything. Whenever I was going to church with my grandparents at nine, and it was a um, Pentecostal church, so music, hobble, 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 tongue speaking, and I, I can't do it, but Nine years old, Trevin, sitting on a podium, sleeping half the time. Oh, as we all did <laughs> as kids. We showed, uh, up, we showed up for youth group and ate the food and played the games, and then we fell asleep during the service. Yep, that was, that was, that was me uh, all the way up until nine. And then I looked up at my mom one time because these two ladies were just jibber-jabbering in tongue across the hall at each other. And I said, what are they doing? And she said, uh, my mom said, uh, the the Lord is speaking through them. And I said, how long did it take them to learn that? (laughs) 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 Because, I mean, even at nine, like, I was just questioning things. So then progressing on into into school, I was a bad kid. I would fake injuries, fake sicknesses to get out of school. I just, I was bored. I hated it. If I sat down and did the work, done. But I wouldn't take it home. I just hated it everything about it see i feel like in that sense we were very similar um i didn't have a choice because my mom taught and so i had to be good but i completely like talking to your teachers they all said like you did not give a shit you would literally not pay attention at all but when everything came around you would ace the class (laughs) <laughs> the tests anyway the tests and stuff like that you didn't do i wouldn't do the schoolwork, but i would take the test yeah and that's something that pissed my mom off when i had her in class because i would be off in nowhere land like doing my own thing and she would break rulers over my head and <laughs> uh literally she would change my tests like she would give everybody a test and then change mine and make it more difficult and it used to piss her off because I, it didn't matter. Like, as long as I heard it, I, I learned it. Yeah. And so she could not, for the life of her, understand that. And that's what, I mean, in my opinion, I knew when I first met you, like, okay, there's more to Grevin than meets the eye. Like, at first I thought you hated me. Uh, I just have a, I just don't care. RBF. <laughs> resting <laughs> resting, resting boy face. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. The more I actually like talked to you and got to learn, I was like, okay, I may consider him an idiot. I may call him an idiot. And part of me still thinks he's an idiot some days. Majority of people think I'm dumb. But you're definitely, no. Yeah. But anyway, that was my own little thing. Aaron Hellinger. Yeah, fuck you, Aaron. (laughs) You and your nub. (laughs) So you started out, obviously, um, not giving shit. No. At all. No shits were given. So where what happens next? Well, um, no shits were given all the way through high school or middle school um, until I got to the eighth grade. 
And I, apparently, I've never gotten proof on this, but I've always been told that parents would sign kids over to the next grade. They would, even if the teacher thought they needed to be held back, the parents ultimately got to make the decision. So up until eighth grade, eighth grade teachers made the decision, right? So I just kept flunking through class and getting all the way, I mean, moving up grades every year and everything. And then eighth grade came and they held me back. So eighth grade year came again. And and again. No, just once. And again. <laughs> and again. <laughs> but uh, that one kind of made me at least try the next year to get at least into high school. Because you're just beat into your head that you have to make it. You know what I mean? Like, you have to graduate. You have to do this. And um, I would say that that eighth grade year is what really set the tone for the downhill spiral that my life took after that um because i met some friends i mean back then we weren't bad kids or anything i mean the worst i ever did was smoke to uh black and mild with my friend whenever what? i was in middle school <laughs> to that point <clears throat> but once we became friends um and we started our our band and started working like playing in music scenes and meeting all these older guys that were 18, 19, 20, what have you. I mean, older than us. We were 14, 15, and 16, give or take. And, uh, I mean, we were playing shows where there was, like, alcohol and stuff all over the place. Um, but the thing that really hit me and just kind of took me down the dark hole that I ended up going into all the way through my late teens and early 20s was uh, it was a night that we played with one of our older, uh, an older band that we need kind of grew up listening to as we all kind of started getting into the music scene and everything. Right. We looked up to them and everything. And um, they were all drinking. They had pints of liquor or what have you sitting all over the place. And then uh, before we left the show, I ran over, took one without them knowing. <laughs> to this day, Chuck Parton, I stole your liquor. And um, uh, that was my first drink of alcohol. And literally... From that point on, I was, and that was still in, I was maybe ninth grade whenever that happened. And it was like hard stuff too, like Bacardi 151. Like that was my first drinking experience. Shout out to Tech 9 151 <laughs> rum. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, after that, it was, it started becoming a daily thing. Like we'd go practice, we would find a way to get drunk, we would go to shows, we would have people give us beer. Um, once we became 18, my friend's dad would start like buying it for us just to kind of keep us at the place that we practice at. And as long as we didn't leave, he didn't care, which then that eventually turned into him drinking. And then, then nobody cared. We were coming and going. I was shit. Sorry. I was driving drunk. I was doing all kinds of stuff. So let me ask you this. Um, at that moment in your life, were you... Did you, I know this is going to sound crazy, but did you consider yourself like successful? Like, Hey, I'm doing what I want to do. Like I'm getting drunk. I would say I was, time. I was successful in that mindset of, I wanted to party. Right. I was successfully executing partying all the time. Literally. Like it was a constant party whenever we were out doing stuff. I mean, to, I look back on it and I, I would never change it. Like it made me a better person, I would think. 
because I at least experienced it. So whenever I tell people, hey, you shouldn't do that, or hey, this is I've been there. Trust me, I have been there. Right. <laughs> like physically been there, and mentally been there, or what have you. Um, it's given me a lot of edge in that situation or those situations. But um, successful, no. But successful in that mindset, yes. I was I was on top of the world. Nobody could touch me. And so that went on for. Probably years. Through, yeah, probably years. through your 20s. 14, 14-year-old 14 me all the way up until 22. Actually, okay. even further than that, probably whenever um, me and uh, Christina, my wife, had our first son. So that was what I was going to – I was going to ask you what was that turning point because for those – like you've got three kids right now currently. More expected. No, never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I love um, my kids, but I don't want any more. <laughs> um, so your daughter was born. Yeah. She, she was born. Uh, I, me and uh, my ex at the time, uh, during my alcohol and How drug. How old were you when she was born? She's seven and I'm 29, so 22. So... Probably towards that turning point. Yeah, I mean, it was at the end of it that okay. she came along, which is good. I mean, at least none of my kids ever were around me being drunk all the time. Yeah. But, I mean, all the way up to that point, it was, I was, it was bad. Like, I look back on it, it's like, how in the hell did I make it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, blacked out drunk and waking up in my car places. Um, like, literally, I drove. And you don't remember. Don't remember the drive. Yeah. Um, getting pulled over with alcohol in the car. Nothing ever happened. Literally did a sobriety test once, drunk, huh. and got off. Like, wow. I was never went to jail. Like, <laughs> So some would say you got extremely <clears throat> lucky. I got extremely lucky. Very lucky. Yeah. Because that could have ruined my life right there and just turned the whole thing around. But... Back then, I didn't care. I was doing what I wanted. I wasn't thinking about kids, or I wasn't thinking about money, or I, I mean, I didn't know if I was going to eat the next day. I lived on a couch for, or lived on couches for at least three years, almost almost three years. Um, I lived, like, we all had a, a house that we all, a couple of us stayed at and everything and partied at, and I would just stay there. I wouldn't go anywhere. You were like, okay, this is my house. This yeah, basically, didn't pay rent or anything, but this is where I'm at. That's where I. That's where I stayed. I mean, my parents. I had my parents do the whole thing too, which I think made it better because if something happened, like, I mean, we were young and stuff, so we would get in fights and what have you, where I wouldn't be able to stay there, or I wouldn't want to stay there, or what have you, and I'd go back and uh, stay with the parents or what have you. So I mean, my mom and dad were always there. It wasn't like I was in a broken home, but. Right. Yeah, and I, that was something else that I noticed too. Is like you're, you're still very family oriented. Like I mean, as much as you can be, especially as much as I physically adult, can. Yeah, exactly. Half the time I'm just like, no, I'm so tired. <laughs> I know. Uh, we'll get to that. But um, <laughs> so turning point, you had your first daughter, 22, right? Mm-hmm. When did you? What does what made you? Because we ended up working together. Yeah, we started at a company that I'm not going to talk about. But when did you did was that a big 
pivot point when you started at that job or what was that like your first year working there basically what it was me and christina were together uh we're dating and she was on me to get my because i dropped out of high school i missed i forgot that part i never i got to the 10th grade that's the furthest i've been and um but she was on me uh to get my ged to so i can get a better job because i worked at a lumber yard for a little while whenever i was in the band just to kind of sustain me a little bit like seven dollars an hour breaking my physically breaking myself to do the job but um that she was the turning point honestly i honestly think that if it wasn't for her i'd probably be dead or worse you know what i mean yeah um but uh yeah her pushing me to take my ged like i just they because you're supposed to like do classes and all this so that was my first thought or that was my first like eye-opening thing whenever I went and took my GED without studying been out of school for years I took it when I was 21 and I got dropped out in 10th grade you right, know the math so there was a big yeah big, there's a big, big gap yeah. yeah and like no studying drinking all the other stuff I did and <clears throat> whenever I took that test or took the pre-test to see what I needed to work on uh I was done in 30 minutes like the pretest, which isn't the full thing, but close. Right, yeah, it gives you a good understanding of what the questions right. going to be like. And uh, did the pretest, handed it in to the, the person in charge of it, and uh, she turned around, graded it real quick, and then said, when do you want to take the test? I was like, oh, I don't have to, do I need to study for it, or do I have to do the classes? She's like, no, when do you want to take the test, you're good. And hey, took the test the next week, had my GED. Bonus. Uh, fun story, not story, but fun fact, uh, the reason I got the job uh, at the place that we, we met, uh, Christina went online and applied for me and took the pretest and Really? They hired Christina. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, question. Did you even know she was doing it or was she just like, hey, I know this guy's social and I know his information? I kind of knew she was. I didn't know she took took all the tests and everything, but she said she was going to help me apply for places and ask me for stuff. But So how did that work during the interview process? I just talked. Oh, yeah? You just... I mean, as you've seen with me working with people, I can talk and I won't yeah. shut up. If you let me talk, I'll just keep talking. That's the only reason I brought you on. So. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I just talked my way into it and they hired me. And that first year, first couple, well, yeah, first year was a little rough because I didn't, I've never been in that situation, uh, employment wise, like the type of job we did. But, um, first year, I mean, I was still good at it either way and they kept me. So, it worked. Yeah, and it, it's kind of understanding uh, or understandable that you went in with that mindset because the job that we work at, it's something from the outside looking in doesn't. It just looks like a normal old, like high school, right out of high school job. Yeah. Like it is very deceiving from the outside looking in. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have made careers out of it long-term careers like yeah retirement type careers out of it and that's like i didn't necessarily wrap my head around that until after the first year i was there i didn't realize oh shit like this can be something that i can, I can make some good money here yeah right well that's the thing like i went from making 
seven dollars an hour to making ten. So I mean, it's not a big difference, but that's three extra dollars an hour. Yeah. And I'm getting a guaranteed forty hours, which I never got before. Plus of benefits. Plus benefits and commission and all the fun bells and whistles that come along with it. Yeah. Um, and um, I got that first check, and that's whenever I was like, I like money. This is nice. I can buy something. Um, before, money wasn't, it was just a tool to get drunk or food. That was it. I didn't care about bills. I mean, I didn't have my an internet connection. I didn't have TV, anything like that. But You were basically a caveman in today's society. I was a caveman for a long... I had a flip phone until 2011. <laughs> so... I'm thinking of our friend Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. Still has a flip phone. <laughs> hey, he's a better man than me. I'm, I'm addicted to him now. Um, so let me, for a fun fact, what was your big purchase that you made? First big purchase. First big purchase. Oh, and that's a fun story too. So I get out of I get out of training uh-huh. for this job, and during training, it's a month long training. So the first two weeks I'm there, I get a paycheck, but they pay you for the full 40 hours or 80 hours because it's two weeks. Um, and so it was a pretty good paycheck, a lot more than I'm used to, Mm -hmm. uh, plus travel expenses. Um, so I come in on my flight on a Sunday and Christina and her mom pick me up from the airport. And first thing I say is let's go to Best Buy (laughs) because I want a new TV. I've never bought a brand new, good, like nice TV before. Uh, caveman want TV. Caveman need TV for TV time. For Fap Station. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, Christina's all excited because I'm happy and ready, and like so she's uh, tells her mom to take me. Um, we go there. I, I pick out the TV I want. Um, like just so excited for it it's like a it wasn't great I, if i it was like a samsung something i can't even remember or sharp i can't remember what the brand was because ultimately i didn't take it home so oh i had no cash it was all on a debit card because you have to do direct deposit with this with the, with our employer and so i go up to the cash register after we pick it out swipe the card and he's like all right well you still owe yada yada whatever the remaining balance was i don't even remember exactly how much it was um i think it was like 500 bucks that i still owed and i was like what are you talking about i have the money for it and he was like well it could be or it has taxes i was like yeah i had taxes figured in i knew it had taxes i still have the money for it i can show you on my phone that i well no i didn't even have the smartphone then but uh that was probably what 2000 2000 Right at the beginning of 2011, like January of 2011, okay. February of 2011. And um, and I got my smartphone like in January. So I did have a phone, but it was a crappy, like just jank phone. It didn't do anything except for get me on Facebook and text and call. That was about it. And um, so it turned out that my bank had a, uh, a limit that you could spend during the day. Oh, I know that all too well, <laughs> my friend. That was my first experience with money. <laughs> I want to buy something. Well, you can't. <laughs> it's my money, and you can't have it. <laughs> like, it's, uh, I trust me, Every I feel like a lot of people have been in that situation when, I mean, coming from the banks where we're from, 
there's a lot of them that have these debit limits and daily credit limits and daily debit limits. And man, I can't tell you the number of times I've been at Best Buy. Swipe. Oh, you still owe X amount of dollars. Yep. Oh, well, fuck me, I guess. Can't go to the ATM and pull money out because I already hit that damn limit. Yeah. Like, well, bank's well, closed because I usually get off late and I have to run over to Best Buy real quick. Like, it's... Uh, or in my case, it was a Sunday. Oh, rip. Yeah. But we're kind of off subject here. Yeah, a little bit, but that's fine. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> we're uh, just kind of bullshit now. <laughs> hey, Ed, did you see that new Best Buy that opened up? Like, we just go off on this tangent. Um, so to, to reel it back in. I mean, buy best. Buy best, yeah. The new buy best place. <laughs> <laughs> so to reel it back in a little bit, you um, you started the job. Uh, started making money. At what point did you realize like okay this might be a career for me um whenever because you've been with the company for seven years in february seven years coming up on seven years that's a long time to work for somebody yeah yeah i mean i've never i never had a job that long before so i mean it was a big step for me to even get past two years (laughs) right exactly (laughs) but uh i mean career wise I probably made the decision that I was going to stay there the first time I tried to go up into management, which was year two, because I pretty much mastered the the sales part of it. Right. Spoiler alert, we're in sales. Hey, we're... <laughs> and uh, I wanted to kind of get out of the customer facing, but that was a whole, a whole other debacle with getting not getting it multiple times, and but... I mean, kept pushing through and staying with it because I got used to the quality of life improvement that I seen. Plus, I had kids then. I had Addie to worry about, and I had Grayson. Yeah, because Grayson was just born. Yeah, he was just born that third thir- on the almost the third year I was there. Which, which second year I was there? Mm, yes, that's true. Because when I started. You, Christine was pregnant with Ellis. Yeah. And it just had Ellis. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That'd be right. So, I had two kids. Uh, me and Christina were married by then. So, I had a wife. Yeah. Uh, we bought a we bought a house. And so, I had all these things that were on my shoulders. So, I couldn't... It wasn't like it used to be where I could just say, yeah, fuck it. And then go sleep on somebody else's couch. Weird. It <laughs> kind of sounds like... So, you have... A wife, three kids, and a career. Oh, weird. Kind of sounds like the American dream, Grevin. Kind of sounds like the American dream. It may have been a uh, an alcohol-soaked beginning, but it ended in the American dream. So let's fast forward to present day. Okay. You've been with the company for seven years. Yeah, coming on seven coming years. Coming on seven years, yeah. You got a wife. Just bought a new house. Got two nice cars. I mean... I bought um, two nice cars, three nice cars now. Um, <laughs> you should have seen the one I had before. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> that thing, that thing went around the world and back with one oil change. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Chevy Blazer. Rest in peace. Um, to rewind a little bit. We're wrapping up. My final thought to people who measure or who look at the American dream as successful and as a goal, um, coming from my 23-year-old perspective, I think 
you should abandon that idea because success isn't success isn't measured in what you have not measured by your pocketbook no not at all it's measured by in my opinion your happiness your way of life um your experiences uh where you've come from what you've learned like all that sums up into what i consider successful and since we live in this instant age don't be so hard on yourself if you don't achieve something right away because in grevin's story in his whole life it was this long long con like it was not it was not instant nothing no and now uh you're a pretty successful person if you had if you had to give somebody advice somebody listening to this who's younger than you myself included um somebody who may even be on a a path that this they may end up find somehow coming across this like what would you like what would you tell them you're going to run into fuck ups you're going to mess up I mean you're going to people mess up all the time in their life but just keep pushing you're going to have turn down after disappointment after turn down after turn down after disappointment I mean everything you can think of that could go wrong is going to go wrong in everybody's life at some point but if you just push through and just keep going, I mean, basically, that's all I did. I just kept going, and it'll eventually work out. And then you'll you'll step back and kind of evaluate yourself and see, oh, shit, look where I've come. Yeah. Like, look where I was a couple of years ago, yeah. and now look where I'm at. Seven years ago, sleeping on a couch uh, right, in a drunken stupor. So, I mean, that's something right there, just my experience and getting out of that, so... Well, Grevin, I appreciate you coming on and telling your story. Yep. Uh, it really does mean a lot to me. And if you guys have any comments, questions, or anything, make sure to post on Facebook or on SoundCloud. Um, iTunes is going to be coming up soon. Still working on getting all the details worked out for that. But if you listen this far, appreciate it. Grevin, thank you again, sir. You're welcome. You thank you. You are a good man and a scholar. Salt of the earth. You need a sign off. And just like that. And pop goes the weasel. (laughs) 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 All right. And pop goes the weasel.